The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Are You Afraid? Double Feature, Part 2, Death Valley. Brought to you by KHS News from the West, a PoppyChularadio.com original series, Poppy Chula Radio, celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Thursday, September 30th, 2021, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on FX's American Horror Story, Double Feature. Please welcome my co-hosts, Madison Fitzpatrick. Hey guys, welcome back. Priscilla Rocha. Hey everybody. And Vinnie Hatcher. Hello. Let's jump into our recap of Season 10, Episode 7, which was titled Take Me to Your Leader and aired uh, September 29th, 2021. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. A group of college students on a camping trip are swept up in a horrifying and deadly conspiracy, decades in the making. Dun, dun, dun. I felt like I needed that. All right, so we're back. It's the second, well, it was the second half, but it isn't really half. It's like the, the next 40% of season 10, Death Valley, brand new story, New characters, some familiar actors. So let's talk about it. Let's start off with the cold open. So everything that happened right before the opening credits were introduced to a 1950s housewife. Her kid is playing in the front yard. She's getting dinner ready for her hubby who's at work. And... uh, then all of a sudden, Dean Martin starts singing all satanic because the record starts spinning backwards. Time starts spinning backwards. Everything everything electronic goes on the fritz. It looks like her child gets abducted by aliens. It turns out maybe he's an alien. It turns out maybe mommy was an alien all along. All I know is daddy comes home and mommy explodes his head, and not in a sexual way. So, let's talk about this. The setup, the, the cold open to Death Valley. Priscilla, what'd you think? Was it a good setup? Did it, uh, did it um, pique your interest? Yes. Oh my god, I fucking love this. It's it's a great way to show aliens without actually showing the aliens, like actually showing like the little green men. And it's like, I don't know. It, it just, it, it reminds me, it harkened back to season two where we got the aliens there and just everything started like flashing and like crazy shit started happening. And all of a sudden, like they just got abducted and weird shit started happening there. Like it, it, it was the same thing here because now we get more details now we get people with powers that come afterwards with head exploding powers it seems and i don't necessarily feel like i don't know i feel like the 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 woman is dead or the kid is dead and i just think like the the aliens replace them like inside oh body snatchers yeah it it's it, it has to do with what we what we see later on in the episode but like yeah I think they replaced them very interesting alright I like we already have a theory love it love it love it I should also mention that everything that we saw was in black and white and that's important because everything that's in the past appears to be shot in 
black and white, which is an interesting choice. It kind of harkens back to those, you know, spectacular, but spectacularly cheesy special effects sci-fi movies from, like, the 1950s and 60s. Uh, Vinny, let me bring you into the conversation. What did you think of the cold... Oh, oh, wait, uh, Priscilla, yes? Did anyone like the the past scenes a lot more than they liked the present scenes? Because that's what I did. Like, well, yeah, we, I really liked the mm-hmm. black gonna, and white. Yeah. Like, how was that a lot more? Priscilla's jumping ahead, but but yes, that was <laughs> that that is the question that that I was gonna ask. But if anybody wants to chime in without getting into the future stuff or the present day <laughs> stuff, you're, you're more than welcome to. I mean, I'll say that the beginning of this episode was really the only part of the entire episode that I enjoyed. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I was, I, I wasn't as drawn in as I was with the beginning of Red Tide. Like, I'll, I'll be really, to be brutally honest, this episode did not hook me the same way that I was initially hooked and gaslighted by Red Tide. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm all for like an, a good alien story. I've watched my fair share of like old black and white movies, but one thing that I found that struck with me about the, the past scenes, while I did like the beginning, the element of cheesiness and corn was a little bit too high for my liking um i really started to feel especially even in the beginning even though i did kind of like this part like i was i I had made a mistake and i was watching a new episode of american horror stories uh because there was something about the tone and i get that it's like it's a different thing it's a new thing but it just didn't resonate with me the way that american horror story usually does that being said i did appreciate the you know a lot of the the visuals that they use like they they went all out with you know being in black and white and going for that retro feel like the set drop was very clearly not cgi it was it reminded me of how they would paint a canvas to look like the rest of the farm fields and all that good stuff and uh the the scene with the head exploding i definitely thought that was really well done because you don't normally see that level of gore in a black and white film um but i did feel a little bit like the acting fell a little flat for most of the characters uh and maybe it was the actors maybe it was the writing but everyone kind of sounded the same to me i didn't get a lot of invested emotion but i also admit that could be part of how they're doing the vintage feel going back because in those vintage cheesy alien horror movies the acting was not always the greatest um but out of everything i did enjoy the first part of the episode and it kept my attention more than the rest did okay maddie fitz let me bring you into the conversation. So just specifically the cold open, we are going to talk about the rest of uh, the 1950s momentarily. But were you uh, intrigued by what you saw during the cold open with, you know, Maria, her child, and uh, her dead husband? Yeah, I mean, um, I totally was feeling the black and white. Um, I definitely liked when things were kind of going a little crazy. Um, the dust devils, I hated because they clearly looked CG, like, like graphics, like it didn't really look real. It looked really, really fake. Um, but I liked when the, um, record player was going backwards when time was going backwards that was all really really cool i kind of got um close encounters uh type vibes Mm. just from the kid yeah um so i kind of got those vibes (laughs) like it was a little more creepy than i thought it was gonna be which i liked but then it got really corny a little bit um so I was kind of on the edge of that. I was kind of teetering between it being really, really cool and creepy and it, uh, it being really corny. Okay. All right. We have a little bit of a mixed bag, which is always interesting. I'm a little bit more on the Priscilla side of things. I really enjoyed the cold open. I thought it set the right mood especially for what we saw in the 1950s. The exploding head was fantastic. Um, The white eyes are interesting. Uh, Yeah, I was intrigued. The alien mythos that they introduced was kind of neat. Um, So something that uh, I I forgot the last time that when we were doing the very first episode of Red Tide that I want to make sure that I didn't forget this time around that we're doing Death Valley is the opening credits. They did change the credits. They're all alien and fetusified for your viewing pleasure. What did we think of the opening credits uh, with that familiar American horror story 
music uh, you know, for these opening credits for Death Valley. Maddie Fitz? Uh, I really liked them, and I liked that they were kind of all black and white as well. Um, but I really did not understand the whole octopus thing. Mm-hmm. That didn't really scream alien to me, but it did uh, scream uh, Independence Day <laughs> to me. Um, you know, I just, I always have that scene like melted in my head in the original Independence Day with Will Smith when the alien, when they're doing the autopsy and then the alien comes to life and, and he uses his tentacles kind of thing around the one doctor. And that kind of was the only thing that I could think of like octopusy alieny, but I just, I'm not liking this whole octopus vibe, but other than that, I really, really liked it. You know, it's a tentacle porn. Aw, you had to bring that up. <laughs> I know, right? She didn't even up. answer. That means she's into it. But it's okay. Um, <laughs> yes. There are the, I mean, tentacles do end up showing up. So someone out there is very happy. Um, any other thoughts from, from the rest of the team uh, about the opening credits? Did anything stand out? I thought it set the stage really mm-hmm. well. Like... It gave me flashbacks to like Mystery Science Theater 3000 a little bit, but in a good way um, with the credits. Like it was really awesome just the way that I got like that. I was taken back to when I was a kid and I was watching late night sci-fi channel, late night movies where they were redoing, you know, the thing from outer space, all that good stuff. I think it set the tone very, very well. And I I did like what they did with them a lot. All right. Anything to add, Priscilla? I I will say I liked it. But a part of me is a little heartbroken that we didn't get sirens plus aliens because of, like, the whole tentacle thing. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what the tentacle reminded me of, the sirens mm-hmm. that we didn't get. It made me a little bit bitter, too. You're not alone. Well, there you go. All right. Moving on with the, the actual story in the 1950s. So a lot happens to set up, uh, you know, the the season. We get a bit of a cliffhanger. It's interesting because the whole double feature um, name motif uh, kind of is in full effect uh, during Death Valley because half of the episode was in the 1950s and half of the episode is in present day. So in the 1950s, we see President Dwight D. Eisenhower, Ike, if you're nasty. And uh, we also see Mamie Eisenhower, uh, played by our girl, Tuberculosis Karen. No, Sarah Paulson. (laughs) Um, uh, The president ends up learning that there's something mysterious that crashed, and so he has to go investigate it. Uh, when he tells his wife, Mamie, she kind of makes it seem like, um, you, you sure you're telling me the truth? You know, she, she alludes to the fact that maybe he's cheating on her. Maybe I need to research Ike because I didn't know he was a philanderer. So um, I'm going to make him a little bit more interesting. But uh, he ends up going to investigate. They find a crashed spaceship. They find an alien body. He says, it looks like a child. And uh, they take it anyway, and they're going to dissect it. And they also find one of our other girls, uh, Amelia Earhart. Uh, she has uh, crop circle type tattoos on her back. She ends up um, being confused because she feels like it's 20 years ago. She's also two months pregnant. And uh, there's that. When they dissect the alien child, uh, they find him hollow, uh, but there's a, um, I don't even know what to call that, like a face hugger, Um, you know, like a spongy type of, um, not of this world, um, entity inside of the hollow cavity that ends up attacking the, um... Uh, the the scientists, I guess. Is one. Yeah. The morticians. Well, I would assume they're not morticians, but um, I don't know. The scientists that are dissecting the alien, their heads explode, and then we meet the woman from earlier in the episode, Maria. 
we once knew a girl named Maria. And uh, she's all alienified. She's floating in the air. She's got the white eyes. And the president basically is like, you know, let's talk this out. You know, we don't need violence. Put your guns down. And she's basically like, you're going to listen to me. So that was everything in the 1950s. Let's talk about it. We had a little bit of mythos. I feel like we can kind of surmise where this is going, especially based off the second half of the episode. Also, if you watch the promo, there's like a little bit of, there's a line of dialogue that kind of spills, you know, the tea about everything, I would say. But uh, what did we think of what we saw? Uh, uh, Maddie Fitz. Um, the Amelia Earhart thing was kind of cool. Um, I Our really girl, liked right? The guy. What? Our girl was Amelia yeah. Earhart. Yeah. Oh. Um, I really like the, the, um, the actor who plays the president. Uh, I really enjoy his acting. I've been watching him in Yellowstone recently, and it's really cool to see him in this, uh, American Horror Story universe. Um, but yeah, when they, when they arrived at the crash site, you know, typical kind of Roswell, you know, theme, um, nothing really new here. Um, initially when I, when I, heard him say it looks like a boy I thought okay maybe it's the boy that we had just seen um you know a couple scenes earlier the boy from the house um and then so obviously weirded out with Amelia Earhart's back um Mm -hmm. obviously maybe experiments and blah 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 the girl with the alien tattoos yeah I like the whole time jump thing that's cool um but yeah with the experiment a little weirded out that um he was hollow and um yeah like i don't know everything that we saw was kind of like an homage to other alien movies that we have seen before so i'm i'm interested to see how this season is going to differ from kind of like the cliche alien um abductions that you know we all know and love um but I do like the floating uh, woman with the with the white eyes. I'm I'm interested in, uh, to see if they're going to do like kind of flashbacks often, like to the black and white era. Um, if that's going to keep going, because I, I would like to see how that conversation left off. Oh, 100 percent. I agree with you on that. Uh, Priscilla. Your thoughts on everything 1950s? I was like, how did she make it into the Air Force base? Did she, like, just explode a ton of heads to make it all the way to the bottom where, like, the surgery was taking place? But enough about that, about the backstory. I mean, once because, you pop, the fun don't stop. Yeah. Once once you get to there, like, it's okay. One exploding head, two exploding heads, what's the difference? But... My goodness, like, what what's gonna happen when she's when when she says that you're gonna, you're gonna listen to me? Like, does that mean that we're gonna be offered up on a silver platter to the aliens because the president knows that like there's nothing that he can do against these aliens? Because if not, they're just gonna explode his head. Because shit, what else is he gonna do? They 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 clearly have the upper hand here. Yeah, these are all the answers Demi Lovato wants. Right, Vinny? Heck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Your thoughts on the 1950s? I I guess I'm going to be the dissenting judge because I... The Russian judge? Yeah, the Russian judge. I, I guess I've just seen it too many times. I mean, literally, I went to the bathroom during part of the 1950s, and when I came back, I was like, let me guess, this is what happened. And I pretty much had predicted that she was going to show up at the base. She was going to kill some people. She was going to talk to the president. And, you know, it, it's it's not that I, I mean, 
this part of the episode, the past timeline, I didn't hate this part of the episode, but it wasn't anything new. I don't really feel other than the head exploding and the gore factor. It didn't really bring anything new to the table that I haven't seen multiple times before. And it was very predictable for me. The The moment they did a close up of the chest, I mean, I, I agree it was kind of creepy that it was hollow. But because of that close up, I immediately predicted that there was going to be something that was going to jump out like a chest burster from Alien and attach itself to someone or something was going to happen along those lines. Um, you know, I was really hoping that it was going to be something that wasn't going to follow the nor- normal cliched pattern, kind of like Maddie talked about earlier. You know, we've seen a lot of these things before. I guess for me, I'm tired of seeing the same thing, and I wanted them to do the American Horror Story twist on it, but I feel like they're just coloring by numbers. Um, it it was definitely better than the future timeline, but yeah, I there wasn't anything after the opening that really stuck out to me. I didn't really care for the Amelia Earhart thing, only because it's the it's another cliche someone from the past was actually abducted by aliens now they're back and they're going to experience time disconnection and okay yeah she's pregnant um you know aliens impregnating people is another cliche i mean i guess i should have expected it but i don't know it just it fell flat with me and i wasn't overly overjoyed by it all right debbie downer it's okay. <laughs> I enjoy people living but their truth. Classic alien story. It's it's not necessarily like it's not that they're going by rote stories. It's that they're going by what's classic, by by what everybody knows about aliens. That yes, they Priscilla. impregnate people, that they that they're looking for ways to spread their science and they're looking for ways to spread their for a second i thought you were gonna say spread their seed <laughs> i thought so too no. but yeah that too sure yeah. but yeah the, the, everybody knows that that's what they've been looking out for that like you look into any like nutso's blog about how he was abducted by aliens and they've always talked about how they've been probed and how they've been like how dare you call them nutsos <laughs> fine any self-respecting person who's been there you go probed. cartman <laughs> mean... and they they it's 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 just tradition i guess Oh, totally. I, I mean, I definitely agree with the tradition. I guess I, I guess I've held that this season I had it to such a high standard because of how long we had to wait. And, you know, I, I admit that part of it was probably my excitement and part of it, too, is probably the disappointment from, you know, last week. Um, but I guess for me, too, American Horror Stories, I, what I've always enjoyed about it is they do sometimes take things that you, you know, that are traditionally done one way and kind of do it another. And they could still surprise us. I'm totally open to having my opinion changed. Um but I, I just kind of was, maybe I was expecting to be blown away, and I kind of wasn't. Okay. Well, I'll say this. You know, after last week's debacle, I really enjoyed this episode. It was like, okay, this is interesting. You know, after everything that we sort of suffered through last week, I was like, this is refreshing. And I did enjoy the black and white 1950s storyline all of the exposition you know the sort of the basically the mythos that they were introducing to us that was clearly going to explain uh or at least um hint at uh you know what was happening in the present was interesting to me uh was some of it a little cliched yes uh but was it still you know interesting to see the cliches get the american horror story slight twist uh, yes, for me at least. Um, I loved Lily Rabe as Amelia Earhart. I thought she was fascinating. She did the whole, you know, 1930s type of, you know, accent. Um, yeah, uh, Sarah Paulson and Neil McDonough playing the president and his wife, or his wife and the president, I enjoyed as well. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I thought it was fascinating. I, I loved uh, the black and white. The cinematography with the black and white was really good uh, because some of those um, natural set pieces that they had for like the spaceship, um, you know, it might have looked a little cheesier in color, but in black and white, it kind of, you know, the, the, the sort of grayscale color gradient makes everything, I think, look a little extra mysterious. 
which was kind of nice. And I love the threat of, at the end of when she was like, nope, you're going to listen to us. You're going to do what the fuck we want. I mean, how can you say no to that? So anything else in the 1950s? Anything that I missed from uh, the year 19? I think we were in exactly in 1954. Over under on how if the kid is still alive. Oh. Well, I mean, the kid is still alive. I mean, he's just got an alien in him. <laughs> so. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah, true. Yeah. So he's probably alienified still. As long as a mama alien leader um, needs him. Oh, that's creepy. Yes, and that was very Village of the Damned, in a good oh, way. Geez. When he's like, you can trust me, Mama, take my hand. I was like, oh, that that's was creepy. Bad. You don't trust nobody, not even your child. Yes. So let's move into the present day. We're introduced to four uh, Gen Zers who are reuniting after a year-separated uh, you know, because of university, college, life, etc. There's Kendall Carr. There is Carl Cambon. There's Troy Lord and Jamie Howard. Uh, we also learn that Cal and Troy are in a relationship. Um, Kendall is a Luddite, a.k.a. anti-technology. And Jamie is coming off of a breakup because her potential boo had some toxic jizz. So, what did we think of their introduction? I know Vinny has his own opinion <laughs> on their introduction. So I'll start off with Priscilla. What did you think of the four of them as characters? Did you find them interesting? Did you find them refreshing? Did did you like all the really frank sex talk? What what did you think of uh, the quartet? The blonde guy, oh my god, he was so fucking infuriating when he was kind of like, can I have this sake? No, can I have this one, please? <laughs> oh, okay, you don't have either of them? Then I'll, ha I'll take your cheap stuff instead. I was just kind of like, oh my god, you are the worst customer ever. Oh, I hate you. Like, automatically, if you die or if you get, like, any, like, bad stuff happen to you, I don't care. Like, I don't like you. That's funny. And he Kaya learned Gerber? how to perfect that at the bro house. Oh, God. Kaya Gerber. Her character. Why? Why do you issue technology being, like, that you want to be a doctor? I completely agree with her, with her friends. MRIs? X-rays? Like, aren't you going to need to use technology? Like, and she's like, no, I don't need to use technology, and I'm not going to use my email, and... I don't know, it just, it seemed, she seems really dumb. It seems like she just did that just to sleep with a really hot guy. But it's totally like a, a new millennial Gen X sort of well, no, thing. Gen Z. <laughs> yes, Gen, Gen Z. X is 40 plus. Oh shit. It's Gen Z. Gen Z, yes. You can't say millennials, because that's us. That's them. She ain't, we don't even have a Gen Z here. Um, Maddie Fitz, you're not Gen Z, are you? I don't think you are. You're too old for that shit, right? No, I'm a millennial. Yeah. Our one Gen Zer is not here. Um, the thing... Okay. The group. I thought... First of all, I will say, I thought they had really good chemistry together. I yeah, thought... I yeah, I thought Kaya Gerber was a little bit better than how we saw her in American Horror Stories, uh, the spinoff. Um, so she had a little bit more of a natural presence to her. Um, I also thought uh, Vinny's going to have his old talk about something else, but I, I, like, I didn't mind the sex talk. I thought that was sort of fine and, and almost normal. I, I feel like millennials and Gen Z, you know, friends, you know, you have sort of frank talk 
jokes about sex and all that type of stuff. And I, I didn't find that. I thought that was okay. It was whatever. Um, the thing that I thought was weird, and it seems to be an AHS thing whenever they do do Generation Z, is they have to give them a weird quirk. Like, why does Kendall have to be a Luddite? Like, why did we have to have, you know, the 16, 17-year-old girl on American Horror Stories be into BDSM? Like, why do you have to give them, like, a weird quirk? Like... No, that was, that's, that's an easy answer. It's because they wanted to get rid of cell phones. Well, yes, yes, yes. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. But I'm saying it was just so weird that they had to, like, really hone into that for her. Like, they could have done something. They could have given them another excuse to get rid of the cell phones without, I am a Luddite, and I need to research, you know, what happened to me, but can can I have permission to use the internet? Like, it was just way too much for me. And it seems to be, uh, we would say typically a Ryan Murphy trope, but since Ryan Murphy did not write this episode, it's Mr. Brad Falchuk, a.k.a. Mr. Gwyneth Paltrow, I'm going to have to say it's a Falchuk thing. Falchuk must really love giving Generation Z, like, not-the-norm character quirks to, like, make try to make them interesting. And for me, it backfires whenever it, he does it. That's just my take on it. Maddie Fitz, what'd you think of our quartet of... Uh, you know, fresh from high school, not that fresh, but fresh-ish from high school, reuniting after a year away, experiencing university, life, etc. They're, they're planning on going camping together. What would you think of the four of them? Were they interesting yeah. to you? Or, I mean... Could you be friends with them? Yeah. Man, I Probably. I mean, I don't know. They seem pretty chill, pretty cool people. It seems like they all have interesting storylines, which I know that we were kind of seeming like talking about how it's a little much. Um, but I think it all has to do with, you know, that like being inclusive and stuff. I don't I don't know. Like, I just feel like everything, everything now has to be so relatable. You know what I mean? So it's like the more that you can include, the more people will be like, oh, my God, I'm so glad that they, like, said this or, like, you know what I mean? I just feel like TV is getting more like that now. So that's why I kind of feel like all these <laughs> these people's problems and stories were brought up so early. Um, but I don't know. They seem like they're a bunch of great friends. Um, and... Yeah, because I didn't watch American Horror Stories, it was interesting for me to see these people uh, for the first time. So, yeah, I don't mind them. Well, only two of them were on American Horror Stories. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But still, they're all new to me. Yes, they are. They are all new to you. Yes. Vinny, do you have anything to add in regards to uh, the introduction of uh, the four friends? Uh, no, just to clarify that, I, I the sex talk didn't bother me. Um it was just that I, because I, to for listeners for the, to clarify, I sent Maddie and uh, Jeff this quote that I found that said, "We know more about the boys and their sexual habits than we do about the characters themselves or the plot." Uh, that's kind of, I, yeah, I I don't mind the vulgarity. In, the, in fact, I'm a very vulgar person. If you talk to me outside of a podcast, <laughs> I have a very deep sense of humor that goes into the dark places. But no, I just. I don't know. I, I didn't connect with the characters. It's not even that I found them obnoxious. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't connect with them. I felt as if they really didn't have a lot of substance. And it, it just, I wasn't interested in them. I, I really, to be very honest, I have no interest as to what their fate's going to be based on this first episode because it, 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 they're very shallow. And I don't mean, you know, being millennials or being shallow people, but as far as the writing and the development, maybe it is because there was so much of a focus on their actual problems than them as people. And we are operating on a condensed timeline, but I, I didn't connect with them. They didn't resonate with me. I really don't. I can't. I can honestly. I don't even remember their names. Uh, I will say though that I did like Kaya Gerber more. I agree with that. Um, she plays this character very well. I will give her that because even before the the friend said it, and we said it here, it's clear that she jumped on the Luddite train just as she jumped on the Luddite professor. Um, her and the the other female character, they do obviously have a close relationship as we get through the more of their storyline we see that but even then 
I don't know. It's just I, I don't feel like it's genuine. It didn't instill any kind of like feeling in me about them. I, I felt like they were just kind of going through the motions for most of the time they were on the screen. Uh, and I, th- I feel also that we spent entirely way too much time in the restaurant and talking about the, the upcoming trip and getting to where they were talking about going on the trip. And if we only have four episodes, I think they very easily could have given us a little bit more substance for this timeline in, in the story, more than we got. I don't disagree with you on that. Uh, the fact that we do know that it's only four episodes you know, we we are short on time, and uh, the introduction did go on a little bit longer than I expected, especially because this wasn't an extended episode like we've seen in the past. You know, sometimes yeah. American Horror Story, you know, with commercials goes on for a little longer than an hour, and this one was exactly an hour, so we didn't have any extra time. And uh, I felt that as well, especially with the present day stuff, because I wanted to see stuff happen. I do understand we have to be introduced to the characters because we're we're supposed to, um, you know, whether we like them or hate them, we're supposed to feel something for them because clearly shit's about to go down for them in a really (laughs) bad body horror type of way. Which, right. I'll be honest, I can't wait for that. Um, so, well, before we even discuss that, let's, let's, let's get to that point. So, we see them go on the camping trip. They are anti-technology for the camping tri- trip, so no cell phones. Uh, they drive to Joshua Tree. They rent a, um, a tent thing. And, uh, you know, we see them, you know, be friends over the course of uh, Blondie's rapture playing in the background for whatever reason. And uh, then shit starts to become weird. Because we saw them while they were rapturing. Uh, They went to, like, a, a watering hole type of thing where they were chillaxing and all that kind of stuff. And when they try to go back to it... It doesn't exist. They also smell something in the air. And because most of them are Caucasian, they go to investigate. (laughs) And they find... um, Hey, I resemble that remark. I know, right? And they find perfectly sliced in the middle... um, Were those bulls or cows? They were cows, right? I think they were steers, yeah. Okay. Perfectly sliced in the middle. And when Kendall decides to reach out and touch the animal, uh, eyes sort of glaze over, we hear a murr, and they run. They pack up as fast as possible, but it is, you know, it's going to be night soon. And they have to drive, and we find out that civilization is about an hour away. And so they're driving, 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 then all of a sudden the car stops. And a beam of light, an alien says, hey, (laughs) and uh, time passes. Uh, They're in the opposite seats that they were before in the car. One of their friends, Jamie, is missing. As they're driving, they find her in the middle of the road. And after they get home, they all experience the same symptoms Vomiting, vomiting, vomiting. They all take... Well, the girls first take pregnancy tests. They are pregnant. How, is what they say. The guys, because they're experiencing the same symptoms, they're forced to take pregnancy tests. And yes, they are pregnant as well. Brum, brum, brum. Body horror ensues in the coming weeks. So, let's talk about this. We have the quartet, they get abducted, they are now all pregnant. I mean, I feel like we all knew they were going to get, you know, um, experimented on and that sort of thing. Like, after Amelia Earhart, I feel like we knew this was coming. What do we think of, um, you know, not necessarily discussing, you know, whether it was expected or that sort of thing, because I feel like we all expected it. Uh, what did we think of how it was visually expressed in the episode? Priscilla? Um, my God, like, 
I I forgot what the question was, but I was just I'm just <laughs> okay, like going, I'm just going by what like I remember from this episode, which was just the second part of it, which was oh my god, the pregnancy scare, <laughs> the M preg, which I can't how. How how do you say that this is this is Vinny? How do you say that this is real routine like alien stuff? If they they're giving us male pregnancy, that's Ooh. something that's that's not really seen in she called you out, Vinny. alien stuff. <laughs> She's calling Vinny out. I Ooh, love it. She called me out. Well, I mean, I will admit that it's not often, but I actually I can't remember, but I have seen that before. Um, but I was more so speaking in general the trope, not specifically the men. So I will give you that the males being pregnant is rarer, definitely. Yeah, I feel like this is where you find the highest stairs and you just throw yourself down the stairs. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean. Dude, yeah. if it's like aliens, they're probably like indestructible babies or something. Like you saw, you saw the opening. Those babies look fucking different otherworldly and they have like fangs and stuff like that and their bones have like tentacles and stuff like that coming out of them no those babies are probably i don't know otherworldly they got something going on in them well yes yeah i agree with you on that Vinny, mr persnickety (laughs) so i do sense body horror coming and i am tentatively interested slash maybe excited about that uh because i'm a huge cronenberg fan and anyone who's watched a cronenberg film will know what i'm talking about um i don't know i I think that it is an interesting way to provide more cohesion to the four of them as what i'm seeing as the central unit of this part of double feature um at least in the future timeline i i I was i i am gonna laugh because there was one point where uh my partner was like, oh, yeah, so they're going to just immediately accuse the two gay men of roofing them so they could get them preggers. I thought that was rather amusing. I did enjoy that line um, from the girls because when they were trying to figure out how they were both pregnant. Um, it, it will be kind of interesting also to see how the male pregnancy plays out. Like, how is the baby going to be born? Like, where is it going to come out? Is it going to be a C-section? Um, but the front or the back? Yeah. What? I said the front or the back. I know. I was, I was trying to think of a... There a, are two canals. <laughs> there are only two canals, the front or the back. I know. It I mean, could it be could like a kidney now. stone or it could be like a number two. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 the surprise on the characters' faces at the end was like, oh my god, you're pregnant. But what was interesting is how quickly they all kind of accepted it. Um, that kind of... It's like, oh, okay, so I guess we are pregnant. What does this mean? Um, I did find this section comical, so I, I didn't hate hate it. Like, I did actually kind of enjoy it from, like, a comedic sense um, because it's it's starting to get a little slapstick for me about, like, all four of them being pregnant. And it's like, hmm, four people and alien babies. Where's this going to go? Um, but, yeah, I, I'm curious to see where the body horror is going to go with this, what level they're going to go to, what the gore might look like. Um and how I will say I'm interested in, in the gay couple's dynamic because I get an interesting feeling about the two of them that uh, not all is well in paradise and that this whole new dynamic of like the pregnancy is really going to test their relationship because the way they got together doesn't necessarily sound to me like the best way to start a relationship. It seems like they got started out of commodity and access as opposed to genuine feelings so this could be an interesting test for them and it's new territory with double male pregnancies yes yeah i don't really trust troy lord because he seems like a nice guy but like troy why because he's a cokehead no just because like he seems like he's a user. Like he seems like he, he like like he doesn't really give a shit about like using people. So because like, th- that that whole Saturday speech about like using him because he was like Jewish, I, I was just kind of like, dang, you you're right? you're really, like you're you're really treating your boyfriend like that. Like that's cool. That's cool. I've gone on dates with guys like him. I know his type. And you hit the nail on the head, Priscilla. 
Alright, we got our eyes on you, Troy. Um, the interesting thing about this story, and I wonder if, because this is taking place in the present day, and, and I don't think I've ever seen this brought up in any film whenever there has been alien, you know, in alien insemination and pregnancy and that sort of thing. I wonder if they would think of including at least the idea of one of them trying to get an abortion. I wondered the same thing, actually. Because of Ryan Murphy, and, and we've seen, you know, he's incredibly progressive with his stories. Uh, you can clearly tell he is a liberal. And, uh, you know, choice is, you know, a liberal value and that sort of thing. I wonder if they would bring it in. I mean, we only have three episodes, so they, that'd have to be like the first thing that they think of in the next episode. But I wonder if that idea will at least be brought up. Maybe they won't go through with it um, because I want to see the body horror. But um, <laughs> I mean, come on, you know, little tentacled alien babies bursting they through their bodies. Is... Out of the abortion clinic, if they were the men going to the abortion clinic, being like, we and wanna... the women outside protesting. <laughs> Really quick segue, yeah. I remember the movie. It was Slither. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, 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 that is true. Yes. So, if I oh, could right. chime in. Yes, Maddie Fitz, chime in. <laughs> um, one quick thing that I kind of wanted to talk about that we kind of didn't mention at all, but I don't know if this is a big thing or not, but when we were introduced to these four characters in the beginning, did you like the whole, like, name tag bio synopsis with the picture thing that they did like it was almost like a case file like what did you guys think about that it was like a case file um i wasn't suspicious of it in the beginning but then i got suspicious of it um because i thought it was um it was almost like very teen movie type of thing even though they aren't really teens they're they're in their 20s for the most part it seemed very teen movie to me um you know especially if you actually read what it said because i paused it and i was reading you know their hobbies their hobbies were you know it was funny because it was like basically the shit they were going through uh currently um but then after we saw like the fourth one and that they did it for each one, I mean, clearly they, if they were going to do it for one, they were going to do it for the rest of them. But by the fourth one, I was like, this does seem a little suspicious because it, it isn't just a profile on them. It almost seems like, you know, there's like a manila folder out there with their information. Yeah, I agree. I, it all just, oh, sorry. Crystal, go ahead. Nothing, just like Maddie Fitz, you blew my mind. Because I, I totally didn't see that. I yeah, I connect you. At first, I kind of thought it was just something silly they were doing, and then it really got me thinking about, is this going to probably somehow connect to how the government's been keeping tabs on them or has a file that is going to come into play after everything's happened? Um, because we're going to have to find out how this all bridges back to 1950. And... I'm not going to talk about the promo, but I do kind of personally get the feeling that there's been something going on for many, many years that goes all the way back to that, where they're keeping tabs on certain people for certain reasons. And I should note that during the opening credits, we did have a couple familiar names that did not pop up in this episode. Mm -hmm. Leslie Grossman and Angelica Ross. So they are out there somewhere in this universe, and maybe they could be the ones, you know, creating these folders on these people. Maybe. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I also, so um, to get back to kind of, you know, near the ending and stuff with the pregnancies and everything, did anyone catch the asylum reference? Oh, no? I missed that one. Ooh, I missed it too. Guys. Bring it, man. Well, I guess Maddie. it's a little bit of an asylum reference. Um, so when uh, um, they, when Kendall, I guess, was researching about uh, alien abductions and stuff like that, she mentioned um, Betty and Billy or Barney and Betty Hill. The, um, I guess, the two people in asylum or one of the people in asylum. His name was Billy, and he was, like, Kit Walker's, I guess, show, like, his friend in the episode. 
and they talked about, you know, um, uh, getting like abducted and all this stuff. So I, I feel like that was kind of like a nod to asylum and ah. because we did kind of have the alien thing in asylum. Right. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Yeah, I did wonder if that was that. something real or something from the AHS universe. So I'm glad you brought that up, Maddie. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's more so like obviously historic, but like, I think they, they mentioned it um, in asylum. So yeah. Nice. And Maddie, just your thoughts on everything in the present. I mean, I feel like the whole pregnancy thing was extremely fast. Like, it seemed it was, like, the next day thing. I mean, um, aliens do have that potent It's not sperm. a typical pregnancy, so <laughs> um, I don't really have that much to say about that. But, um, I don't know, they didn't all seem too surprised or concerned or worried. <laughs> and... Um, I feel like Kendall was the only one that was putting two and two together, but it was almost like it was too obvious. You know what I mean? Um, And the whole waking up in the car, being in different spots, it was very typical. And I was surprised that they didn't really all talk about it as a group. They kind of just went home and were by themselves. Like I would have wanted to debrief and I guess nobody went to the cops about the, the, the dead animals either so kind of a little it was a little rushed and I think like we've been talking about there's only a few episodes and I feel like everything is a little rushed and it sucks because I feel like even Red Tide should have had a longer season and it might have been better so I'm hoping that the next episode will have some questions answered and uh, hopefully things will look a little different more American Horror Story do we have any theories as to what the hell it was with the perfectly sliced in half animals? I don't know. Like, I mean, what? Aliens apparently do, like, crop circles and they... I, I don't know. Like, at this point, I don't even know why they have tentacles. So... Well, I mean, that makes it more fun, right? I have... <laughs> I feel like maybe because, you know, dealing with the whole thing, either when they went to go look for the pond and found the cattle and the guy was very much alarmed because what he thought was supposed to be a pond was somewhere completely different. So either they already had lost time previously, which I think is probably what it's going to be, or it could be something that, you know, maybe since the 50s, they ended up working with the alien species and genetic splicing, I don't know, eugenics, something but maybe there's some entity or entities in that specific area that is able to do such a widespread piece of geni- or animal genocide um, with their mind. Because if they can explode heads by their, by their mind, I would imagine that splitting a herd of cattle in half very cleanly, if they had time to refine the ability, wouldn't be too far-fetched. So maybe it's going to be set up to be, you know, that there's something out there. Now they're bringing it home with them, but... The entity or entities is kind of maybe like the hills have eyes type thing where it's like something that the government didn't want to get out and is kept there. Maybe it did get out. That's and it's a very loose theory and I don't have a lot to base it on, but that's the only way I can try to make sense of it by making a theory. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting theory. I like it. Um, There is a history of, uh, you know, alien media and um cattle and that sort of thing so so clearly that's a trope that's associated but the way that they did it was different than i've ever seen it before so i i hope that we get an answer as to why the cattle was perfectly sliced in half no blood splatter or anything because we've seen when they explode the heads i mean it is it's gory in a spectacular sort of way not even in color. It's all in black and white, but it still looks spectacular. So uh, I hope we get an explanation for that. I also hope we get an explanation for why the little lake, pond, creek, whatever thing wasn't there. Um, I wonder if it is what you're saying, Vinny, where it's time had passed, or if the aliens can manipulate surroundings and that sort of thing and why they would have manipulated that surrounding 
I will say the one part of this episode that did absolutely creep me out was when the cow mooed. I will give them that. Yeah, okay. Good. <laughs> did not expect that because I, I, it never registered me something that completely was split down the middle could still be alive. I, I think that the splitting down the middle has to do with the foil, to do with like maybe like the organs being like gone in the aliens, versus mm. the organs being like seen and like displayed in something that's bisected, like the cow. Mm. But I don't know. Maybe it's darker, it's, so I like it. That's what I think. All right. Any other thoughts, theories? Or something that I missed in the episode before we head into MVP? I guess we covered it all. So now it's time for the MVP, the most valuable player. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again. So choose wisely. This will be interesting because it, it really was, you know, our introduction to all these characters and, and we were introduced to a bunch in the past and in the present. So let's start off with, let's start off with Maddie Fitz. She's been conspicuously quiet. Oh, shush. <laughs> um, I thought about this while I was watching the episode. I think I'm going to go with Mr. President of the United States. <laughs> um, I really liked his character um, I thought he presented himself really well um, Like I said, I love the actor He's doing a fantastic job And uh, I think he has a big set of balls For trying to talk to an, an alien race And trying to, <laughs> trying to uh, negotiate with, uh, with somebody who just blew off Basically most of your men's heads So, I mean, go USA <laughs> Yes, thank you, Canada. We appreciate it. Priscilla, your MVP. My MVP has to go to Cal Cambon because he played like millennial, like Generation Z. Well, fine. He played Generation Z, like new hippie, like interesting, like character, like really well, like. And I feel like he's going to get into a lot of scrapes with this new male pregnancy thing going on with him. And he played the whole surprise factor at the end really well. I like that. So, yes. Vinny, your MVP and why? Maria. Good old Donna Reed turned into master, master alien matriarch. I think Maria was name, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I know I've judged this episode really harshly and it wasn't one of my favorites, but I will say that that character was probably out of everybody that we saw the most interesting to me. Uh, it's it's always fascinated me how, like, I have mad respect for housewives back in the 50s that would, like, cook an entire dinner and wear a white dress and heels and not get a single stain on it. Like, that whole archetype of, you know, the perfect housewife. It, it, it's such a hard role to play because at the same time as being, you know, you're supposed to be the picture of the paragon of virtue, you know, you're also, you have to be very careful about crossing the line into being comical when you're trying to be, you know, little Miss Stepford. And I think the actress did a great job, but overall the character specifically, we, we started off with what was a very obviously weak and demure character, you know, the, the stereotype of, you know, the mother, the, the cook, the house owner, uh, or the you know the housewife and someone who probably wouldn't be a very strong character if she were in the the future timeline she'd probably fall apart um, maybe she wouldn't I don't know but it we went from one side of the spectrum to the complete polar opposite and my main reason for claiming her as MVP is she was a beast of a bitch as the alien it was incredibly creepy when we first get to see her like levitating there and we only see her feet and her skirt as the camera pans around that living room and when her eyes opened it's there's there's a lot lot coming from that character and that is the only character that walking away from that episode really kind of struck with me as someone that's has a potential to be very very interesting i'm curious as to what the aliens want 
Um, like I said, I'm, I'm open to liking this more next episode and the rest of it. I'm hoping it gets better for me. But yeah, she's my MVP because she definitely brought it. And just what they did with her voice, I will say, definitely worked. Like I thought it might be corny the way that it would echo, but it actually worked really, really well. And she... She held her out against the president, and she did not stand down, and the way that she's telling them, no, you're going to listen to me, definitely MVP-worthy. I like it. Great choices from everyone. I'm going to give it to Amelia Earhart. I really enjoyed Lily Rabe in this character, as this character. I thought she really embodied, you know, who Amelia Earhart would be, and and then, you know, when she realizes, or when she thinks... She's being tricked and lied to. You know, she goes from zero to a thousand over the span of a couple seconds. So I, I really enjoyed her interpretation of Amelia Earhart. I hope we see a little bit more of her. Um, she was really interesting. And uh, she, she brought um, th- her little section in the 1950s was a bit of a highlight for me. So now it's time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of one to ten UFOs? The point system is allowed, and if you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may grant it the coveted golden UFO. We'll start off with Mr. Persnickety. Vinny? Oh, I love it. Um, I'm going to go with a 6.5. I, I will be generous and forgiving because it is the first episode in a new arc that's only four episodes long, and you never know what can happen, so I'm not going to judge it you know, and, and give it anything lower. Um, and I'm, I'm not giving it a five, which was my original intention. But after thinking about it today, you know, I did enjoy the beginning. Like I said, it, it did kind of, you know, it didn't hook me the way Red Tide's first episode did. But at the same time, it is a different type of story. There was a lot of homages to classic alien abduction, uh, alien stories that I watched in my childhood that did let me reminisce a little bit. Um, but overall, it it did kind of go downhill from the beginning for me. Like I, like I've talked about before and I won't rehash. There were tropes. I think it was rush. I agree with Maddie that, um, we, we didn't get enough time and we've, we've been talking about that this entire, you know, double feature season. I, I think doing double feature is definitely working against them. And it did kind of remind me of American horror stories just because of some of the way the plot was dealt with and how things, certain aspects were rushed. It wasn't a bad watch. It's not one that I'm probably going to watch again unless the next few episodes make me go, oh, you know, now I want to go walk, watch it with new eyes. Um, it kind of was middle line for me, but because I did really enjoy the beginning and I still have maybe some hope that they'll turn it around, 6.5. Starting off with a 6.5. Priscilla, what about you? How would you rate this episode? Um, for much of the same reasons that Vinny gave, I think I'm going to give it an 8. I felt much more brightly about the future season the, the 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 future scenes i felt that um they were interesting but i felt that they were rushed i felt that we really didn't get much character development enough for us to actually like like the characters as opposed to just like kind of feel annoyed by the characters so really when bad things happen to them like you kind of feel a sense of glee or a sense of, like, rubbing your hands together, being like, ooh, I wonder what's going to happen next, as opposed to feeling like, oh, poor them. Like, you don't, I, I feel poor them for Amelia Earhart. I don't feel poor them for these poor souls. Like, I, I, I don't know why. Maybe it's just because they weren't developed well. So, yeah, an 8. We've got a 6.5. We've got an 8. Next up, Maddie Fitz. I would say the controversial Maddie Fitz, but I feel like Vinny is much more controversial than you now. Yeah, I told you. I'm slowly morphing into what Madison used to be. Remember? I know. Maddie I know. Fitz, I'm rubbing off on everybody. Maddie Fitz <laughs> is 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 like you know a a well established older woman now who ha- no longer needs to be controversial. Wow. Ooh, you just said older and woman in the same sentence. Do you want to shovel for that grave? Right? Yes. She, she no longer needs <laughs> to be controversial. Somebody give me some aloe. I've been burnt. I know. She's no longer <laughs> controversial. Man, well, I'm going to give this episode a 6 out of 10. Oh, maybe she is a little controversial. <laughs> just because I feel like there is so much more to offer. And... 
I'm not going lower than a six just because it was a decent episode. Like it wasn't horrible like last episode, but um, I mean, I just, like I said, get rid of all these, you know, typical alien tropes and give us something new, something with an American horror story twist. I'm excited. I feel like the actors and stuff can do a great job. So I'm just excited. You know, we only have, like you said, three episodes left. So there better be something good to talk about. That's all I can say. Well, there you go. Maybe the real American horror story in um, in, in this was uh, what happens after you eat some booty. <laughs> we spent the whole podcast not even talking about that scene, so I felt like at least it needed to be brought up once. <laughs> okay, I am going to agree with Priscilla. We have been twin flames you know, this season on American Horror Story Double Feature, Part 2. Well, Part 1, and then Part 2. I I, I will co-sign with you, Priscilla. I'm going to give it an 8. We seem to be the ones that that enjoyed it just a a hair more than our co-hosts, which is fine. We love uh, different opinions. That's what makes the world go round. Uh, But, yeah, I I think an 8 is a solid number. I was interested and intrigued by the 1950s stuff. Um, I I think I enjoyed the present-day stuff um, just a hair more than, certainly Vinny, maybe a hair more than uh, Maddie Fitz as well. I am hella curious to see if this is going to be like the story motif for like the rest of the season. Are we going to get, like, the 50s, the first half of the episode, and then present day, the second half? Are they going to switch it up in the next episode, the present day, the first half, and then the 50s, the second half? Um, yeah, uh, I I wonder if they're going to keep this up for the rest of the season. Um, stay tuned. The rest of the season is just three episodes. But for what we got in this episode, uh, I will give it an 8. I'm intrigued by everything, at least so far. Bring on the body horror. That's all I'm saying. And on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Are You Afraid? Double Feature, Part 2, Death Valley. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for Are You Afraid? Double feature. And subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night, starting off with the, the newly controversial Maddie Fitz. Good night, everybody. Until next time. Priscilla Rocha. Maybe the alien will burst out of them like chest bursters or something like that, instead of a regular pregnancy. Yes. With tentacles. <laughs> apparently, because exactly. they were choking them out. We didn't even talk about that, but they got choked out. And they don't seem to remember that. But, um, anywho, uh, Vinny, remember guys, his jizz burned her chest. Sorry. I had to make it just in my pants reference. Good night. Fantastic. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Are You Afraid? Double Feature Part 2 Death Valley every Friday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chula Radio archives. Good night.